welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have comedian, writer, and musician Luke Knoll. Luke is best known for his time on Saturday Night Live. He was one of the cast members of Season 43, as well as his new comedy album, Guitar Comic, that you can find anywhere streaming music is available. Your Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, go check it out. I was really excited to have Luke on the show. Uh, Luke is one of the first people, I think, that I have not known previously and that a publicist hasn't reached out to see if I wanted to have them on the show. Uh, I was always a fan of Luke's while he was on Saturday Night Live. He didn't get a lot of screen time, but when he did, I, I always really enjoyed his his characters and the roles that he was playing and you know i, I had started following him on twitter uh, while he was on the show and so i, I kind of became aware of some of his stand-up as well as his performing and so when he had announced that he was releasing a a music comedy album i made sure to check it out it is absolutely hilarious and you know i i mentioned a few times in the episode by no means am i trying to blow smoke up his ass or you know just say nice things because he's the guest on the show i genuinely love his album guitar comic it is absolutely hilarious you know i i go to a lot of comedy shows i have seen a lot of stand-up i listen to a lot of stand-up albums and very very rarely is there an album or something that i listen to that genuinely just makes me laugh out loud there are some songs on this album that as i've listened to the album a few times through that still get me every single time just within the first lines that are just absolutely hilarious the songs are so well crafted and it's seriously i cannot say enough good things about guitar comics so make sure you check that out uh yeah we, we had a really great time you know talking getting to know each other finding out some of his history you know what what it was like moving from Ohio to Chicago, what he was looking to pursue there, and his entire, you know, path to getting on to Saturday Night Live. And, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, of course he was only on for the one season. Uh, but if you know, you know, a little bit about the history of Saturday Night Live, kind of being somebody that's, you know, one and done on the show is not a bad thing. You know, we talk about some of those people on this episode. Of course, you know, you've got Tim Robinson with his hit sketch show on Netflix. Michael Bryan, who, uh, even though he was writing on the show prior to becoming a cast member, he was only on for the one season as a cast member and of course you know he's gone on to create ap bio of course you know that's one of my favorite shows uh, that's on right now sarah silverman robert downey jr you know the, the list kind of just goes on and on and on of so many incredible comedians and actors who they only got their one season on saturday night live and have just gone on to do great things and honestly luke's going to be one of those people as well you know saturday night live was one of his first things that you know he was he really ever got and you know, it, it's such a big deal to be able to reach, you know, that level of achievement, you know, as a young performer. And, you know, he, he has a lot to offer, and I really can't wait for people to see more of him. Uh, I'll, I'll put up a few of the sketches on the website, on the mikepodcast.com. Uh, so if you're not familiar with some of his sketches that he was in, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put those on there uh, as well. There's there's one that we mentioned here uh, that, uh, that, that was a wedding toast that was cut for time when John Mulaney was hosting. And it, it's an absolutely hilarious sketch. I'll make sure that that is one of them that I have on there because you don't want to miss that one. Uh, we, we do talk about it on the episode. And yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal sketch. So make sure that you go on the website, on mikepodcast.com to check out some of the sketches that Luke Knoll was a part of. Uh, yeah, it was seriously such a great time uh, talking with him. Turns out we're neighbors pretty much. <laughs> he just lives right up the street from me. Uh, so he, he just walked over here. Uh, yeah, ho hopefully I'll be seeing him around the neighborhood more. Uh, yeah, he was he was seriously great to chat with. And, you know, it's, it's fun being able to meet new people within within entertainment that, you know, are, are not just kind of on your everyday uh, radar necessarily. Like I said, though, I became a fan of his immediately on Saturday Night Live, and it's been really fun following his career. 
Make sure you look for us tomorrow at Long Beach Comic Con, August 31st through September 1st. I'm really excited to be back down. This is our second year covering Long Beach Comic Con. It's really a great convention. You know, it's, it's much smaller, of course. You know, we just finished San Diego Comic Con back in July. Uh, it's a much smaller convention than, you know, what we usually do. But that's part of, you know, the charm of it. It's really just a great, great show that they put on down there in Long Beach. And I'm really excited to be going back. The cosplay down there, too, uh, it's, it's pretty great. I've been very impressed by, you know, what the people people go into Long Beach Comic Con, you know, bring out. Uh, this year at San Diego, there wasn't a ton of, co- of cosplay. You know, I mean, there still was a good amount, but there wasn't, you know, the level that we were used to seeing. And I, I attribute some of that to just how warm uh, the past few San Diego Comic Cons have been. I think that kind of deterred people this year. Uh, again, still a lot of great cosplay, just not to the, to the level that we're used to seeing. Uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, that doesn't, you know, change with Long Beach as well, because like I said, you know, they have had a lot of great cosplay there and I'm, I'm excited to see you know what what people bring to the table this year it's going to be a great time so look for us you know we'll, we'll be on instagram and stuff posting where we're at i think i still even have uh some some san diego comic-con pins you know we made the exclusive buttons uh a couple of years ago i think we still have some of those lying around uh so come and find me you know lo- look for us on instagram i'll be posting on both my own uh, at tim drake 42 as well as the on the mic one that's just at on the mic podcast uh come find us i'll give you one of the pins come say hi and you know we'll be chatting to people that are on the convention floor uh looking forward to being back there tickets are still available i believe uh if you go to longbeachcomiccon.com or search that and i think they already have pre-sale uh, as well for the their event uh, at the, in January or February, the Comic Expo uh, that are, I think, already going up. Uh, so make sure you guys look out for that. Uh, very excited to be back there. Make sure you go and follow Luke Knoll on the on all of his links that I'll have on the website. Again, on the mikepodcast.com. You'll find the links there to follow Luke. As well as, you know, I'll have a couple links where you can go and purchase his album uh, or add it to your playlist on Spotify. Uh, you know, you're not going to want to miss that. Again, thank you to Luke Knoll for taking the time to come by. So so great to meet him finally and be able to chat with him about his career, his life, comedy, Saturday Night Live, you name it. We probably chatted about it to some degree here. Uh, it was seriously such a great time chatting with him. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I will see you in Long Beach tomorrow. Until then, I will see you next week. I liked their new album quite a bit. Um, I don't Cursed. Know. I don't think I had. I don't think I checked that one out. But I, I'm. I had forgotten it had come out, and then I would go. I'd go on the walk I do down Franklin, and it was on like every other bus bench. It's hard to mistake <laughs> the uh, the Alkaline Trio heart with the skull yeah. and the. Yeah, I love it, dude. Which, which makes me believe that he lives somewhere in this neighborhood. I wouldn't be surprised. But I can't remember who it was that I. I think it might have been Dak Shepard that I heard say yeah. that whenever like there's a marketing campaign behind a new show, they always put it like right Where around where that people live. Yeah, like I think I heard that too like, from his podcast. Of course, Dax and Kristen just live right up the street from here. Right. And when Veronica Mars was launching, like. Every block there was a new one. Bless this mess. They were everywhere. And I was like, yep. Yep. Checks out. (laughs) That's funny, dude. And and you said you live in the neighborhood. I do. I'm right. I'm right there. Like uh, in between Vermont and Hillhurst, just north of Franklin. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's crazy how many of us are all kind of stuck in this corner. It's little Chicago over here. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. That and little Michigan. Yep. I did not realize how many people there were from like Detroit and... There's like definitely you were you're a second city guy. Or were you second city out here? Technically, I was second city while in Salt Lake. Oh, 
because okay. I could do all of the writing classes online. Cool. cool and so cool. then once I got out here, I had already finished everything, but then they just barely launched like the new certification program. Nice. With cool. some extra classes. And I'm like, all right, I want that little piece of paper, even though it's somewhat meaningless. Yeah. I want that piece of paper. I hear you. I hear you. I Yeah. It's weird, man. I mean, I don't. Are we already in it? Are we? Oh, we're 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 going. Oh, so we're going. So we're I, right, I hit record when I feel like it's at a right spot. Hey, and, yeah. then, and then I'm just like, yeah, if something sucks, I'll cut it out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Us talking about Alkaline Trio and uh, yeah. how much I love uh, really jamming Alk Three, dude. Um, no, it's weird because I when I first went to Chicago, like to me, it was a no brainer that I was gonna I was gonna do Second yeah. City, and then cut to five years later, I never really. Did any? I never oh, really? took the classes over there. I never. I did a few shows. Like I did my buddy's director showcase, where they do like a process show that you right. write and put up in the. Yeah, but it like nope. I auditioned um, for a boat. Didn't get it. <laughs> uh, but while I did, I was like one of the only people in my like callback that didn't get. Uh, Ooh, offered a hurts. ship in the in, in the moment i was like oh i must have done something or pissed somebody off or said something because i felt like i did really well but then me not going on those boats i had a chance to audition for snl oh instead. yeah so i was like oh, okay yeah, kind fair of, trade off. i'll take the trade yeah <laughs> and my, my buddy johnny is in the conservatory now in chicago cool, and yeah he he did the whole like he went through all the auditions and just kept getting cut and he was just like it's a pain they cut some of the best people in chicago some of them my the people i think are the funniest people in chicago have gotten cut by their train the conservatory program and i'm like oh my god they i mean second city definitely has a style and it Mm -hmm. definitely has a look that they're going for too it's like you know there's there's definitely um some politicking to be done rather than just who's the funniest let's get oh absolutely that like as I've wanted to dive into the improv side of it, I had realized that Second City was never going to be where I would do improv. Not really, it, despite the fact that they teach it and that's their whole curriculum. It, it's funny because the actual shows that they do are scripted. They're yeah, they're all comedy. sketch shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's funny that that's like the the business model. There is teach everyone how to do improv. Then maybe don't maybe do one like improvised right. game <laughs> slot in an otherwise totally uh, scripted show. Yeah, yeah, and very even, weird. Even their format. It, I mean, it's it's a great format, but I'd realized very much when I started going to UCB shows, mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, this is where like my area of improv is. Like that's mm-hmm. where I realized yeah. this is I, I fit in here and, better. And like I did a class at the Groundlings, and yeah. I had been studying the UCB manual beforehand, and even then I realized okay, like I get what they're going for but definitely yeah i I need to do i need to eventually do ucb (laughs) yeah i hear you that's for me that was io for me i was like yeah i was i was living in chicago and it has an awesome improv comedy community there that you can perform a lot there's a lot of you know bar prov or smaller theaters that are kind of outside of the big three in chicago which are second city io the annoyance theater um, but I yeah, as soon as I moved there, I took annoyance classes. But there's not really, they they're the same way. There's not really like house teams where you do improv yeah. there. And then I put off doing IO. I eventually did IO. Got on a Herald team there. Was on a Herald team for a few years. Uh, and that was fun. I had a really fun group. Uh, we ended up getting cut, but we our coach was uh, TJ Jagodowski. Okay. So like, kind of hit the jackpot right. uh, in terms of improvisers. He's if you have ask a lot of people they would say he's the greatest yeah. living improviser i would have to probably agree he's just the best dude but yeah like uh it's funny uh, 
I think improv is at its best when the, you're watching a show of people performing together that specifically chose to be together. Yeah, there's for something sure. about watching a team of people that did not choose to be <laughs> together. It's like, yo, I I, have, I never need to see that again. Right. I, I did it for too long. It doesn't churn out the the best shows. The best shows are churned out by people who specifically want and trust mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, you you get a lot of the one upsmanship when it's people that don't want to be like. Yep. You've got everybody it's that wants to trust. start the scene, and yeah, that's exactly it. They, they don't have that trust in each other to be able to just let one person start the scene, yes. and the other just kind of hang back and know their place. And yeah, you don't want the instinct to have to save a scene. As mm-hmm. soon as you're on the sideline thinking you got to save a scene, it means you probably don't need to be doing that yeah. group anymore. Yeah, I, I had quickly realized when I was in college and I had made the improv team in college that I was like, okay, I'm not the person to start the scene. I mean, but I was like, I, I like being the guy that hangs back and just watches what's happening, and I find that spot to okay, this is where it comes. It's fun in. being a sniper. Just come in, drop yeah. a little thing, get yeah, yeah get, get the nice laugh, pop. and then, yeah, and then run away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's nice to have your toolkit sharpened up to be able to do a little bit of all yeah. of it. But that's something too that I think a lot of improv schools, like once you start getting into the upper levels, you start to realize what you're good at, what mm-hmm. you're not as good at, uh, and I feel like people really like spend a lot of time on their, what their perceived weaknesses are in, in their improv game when really you have to zoom out and remember improv is 100% for fun. Right. <laughs> Any moment where you're super stressed about it is a moment where you are wasting your effort being worried or stressed about something. How about focus the, on the thing that you're really good at? And like, again, be in a group of people that's like, oh yeah, you're not you're not as comfortable starting scenes. Snipe away, man. We know yeah. what you're good at. We won't. We'll play to those strengths. There's so much time that people like. It's like a game of The Sims where all the bars are constantly <laughs> dropping. Your piss bar, your love bar, your food bar. It's like, you know what? Maybe you're just really good at food. So yeah. just do f- focus on the thing that you're in, a I'm nine out of ten. Food, <laughs> dude. I'm a Midwestern dude. I, I, give me a give me that cheddar cheese all day. <laughs> So you, you grew up in Ohio, is that right? Grew up in Cincinnati. Yep. Went to uh, high school in Cincinnati. My folks are still there. I went to college at, in, in Ohio, too, at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Uh, and that's where I started doing improv and sketch and stand-up. And it was like, you know, any college campus, but a, a very fun little bubble of a bunch of talented uh, folks that were there during the years I was there and have gone on to, to do some cool stuff Uh friends of mine from that year um i went to college with patty harrison if you know patty who's if you've seen the show um shrill um she's the assistant yeah yeah uh, she's the assistant on shrill so fucking funny she's absolutely the funniest but yeah it's funny to see like just kids that i knew when we were 18 going on and doing cool shit when when i was there i was like is everyone's experience like this like it's like (laughs) so many funny and then Partly true and partly not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few certified gems in there. Yeah. Did, did you always know, kind of going growing up, that you wanted to go be an actor or go into comedy? You know, I it was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. I Just like, even when I was a kid, I was doing like plays and, you know, I quit sports pretty quick and, you know, my <laughs> dad loves baseball and he wanted me to do baseball and I was like, I'm going to do the play, the musical instead. And to his credit, he's like, all right. Oh, cool. Let's do that. Like he went and saw all my plays, all my musicals, all that shit. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's funny. I definitely was doing that. And then college, I actually auditioned for like the student theater and I didn't, or I, and I was in a Rocky Horror 
picture show my um, freshman year of college. Nice. But the student-run theater organization was also the improv group. Like they're okay. like, you can also audition for improv. And so I went and did that, and I was like, oh, my God. This is what I <laughs> – this is more my style. Yeah. yeah. And, it, yeah, and it's funny to say, like, in improv or in college, like, oh, our improv team is cool. Like, people came to the show. But it's like, yeah, pe- yeah, people came out. It was a thing. It was a – Every Thursday night, and we'd party at my house pretty much every time after, and we'd invite the audience, and it would be a, a knockdown drag out pretty much every week, and I l- absolutely loved it. It was like not even big fish, small pond. <laughs> it was like a fish in a fishbowl. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just, yeah. I'm, I'm always envious when I hear people that have that experience because I, part of me like knew that, that I wanted to go down the entertainment route, but then the other part of me, I, I think just the era that I was growing up, everything mm. on TV was like, no, you want to be the cool guy that plays sports. Yeah. And, and so it's like, I wanted to be that athlete and I played sports and stuff growing up and into high school. And it was like, that was still the mindset. Yeah. But going back through, like my wife and I have been changing out all of our boxes to bins so that we could not have such chaos in our small apartment. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And right. I, I found a box though, of all of my stuff from like, elementary and stuff and i just started laughing when i was going yeah. through it i had far more science trophies and all of that than right. any sports trophies and I'm yeah going take through, the hint yeah I'm young going you books that i had written in classes and it's like oh i can see my like young comedy brain forming yes and i was just suppressing you're like, deny it. deny <laughs> deny do not pour water on the seed yeah. yeah yeah and it wasn't until yeah like college where i was like Maybe this is what I should do. <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it takes like just right place, right time to be like, yeah, oh, for something to click and to really be like, oh, this is what I'm really into. And then there's also the flip side of that pendulum of like, I need to stop doing this. Like yeah. me, like, like, <laughs> you know, trying to do sports when I was a kid, like I was so fucking bad at everything. And I was like, <laughs> I knew right away this is not going to be my thing. Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents tried to get that through my head, not being like, you're not good enough because like i was a decent athlete but sure. they were trying to be like you're not these guys you're not like, gonna give me this isn't gonna be a next step for yeah you. this is just a for fun thing honestly though like that's like f- my parents even when i'm like i told them hey you know what i'm gonna move to chicago after school uh, i'm gonna do improv which is free <laughs> like i'm not gonna make any money doing that i'm gonna work nine to five do improv six nights a week for free for years and my parents are always like very nervously and mm-hmm. wide eyed, nodding their head like, uh huh, that's the that's your plan, huh? That's cool, neat. <laughs> and it literally took me like getting on SNL for them to be like, this seems like it could be potentially a viable <laughs> career for you. Yeah. No, that's that, that's still I think the boat my parents are in where I was almost done with a bachelor's in business when I was like, mm, yeah, I don't like this anymore. I, yeah, I, I I think I'd rather kill myself than uh, than continue this. And I have a lot of opinions on college and about how you're <laughs> asking kids to decide their life trajectory. Yeah. Where it's like, I really genuinely think I I do think that the time I spent is worth it because I found what mm-hmm. I needed to find, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah. But in terms of like the money spent, even though I went to oh, a, yeah. a state school. Um, you know, it's state worth uni- the time. State university. Right? State university. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, worth the time, not worth the money. And I think unless you're going to be like a teacher, a lawyer, mm-hmm. a doctor, and you know that's what you want to do, it, you like 
yeah, is it, can't you just throw us in a pen somewhere else? Because that's basically what it was. <laughs> it's like, I'm wasting my time. My degree is in geographic information systems. So computer-based mapping, uh, you know, cartography, stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, okay, I'm never going to use that. Right. And I just today made a fucking payment for a degree I'll never use. <laughs> I'm still paying off. You know, yeah, it's it's wild. It's I, I yeah. I had a such a film waste of class money. where the teacher would actually record what he was doing and put it on YouTube. It's like I'm right. paying twelve hundred dollars yeah. for this one class, and it's you're literally putting it on YouTube. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I felt I felt so. And then people douche. scoff at the uh, like online, like mm-hmm. oh, you got your degree online. It's like, yeah, I mean. Just yeah. it, you know what they do when you're there? They go, hey, read this chapter of this book, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. It's like, yeah. they're just asking you to read and like uh, <laughs> and see if you can comprehend it, you know. Uh, and then it, 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 it's obviously it depends on what you're doing. But yeah, I there's so much of like like I accidentally got a history minor because that's something I was always very interested <laughs> in. And all like any like um, gen ed uh, requirements, I was always taking like civil war classes and right. the antebellum period. And like, I, I just really liked that period of history and um, learning about it. Um, States rights. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm but al- yeah, I'm always intrigued about how many comics but, and those in entertainment did something with history. Yeah. Or political science. Well, it's storytelling. Yeah. You know, it's, and I, really do like the intricacies of it like i think it's mm-hmm. easy to get bogged down in just the wars and shit but it's like <laughs> no, no no there's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. and there's a lot of interesting stuff and what's wild is uh you know the the eras of history that there aren't like so much was burned like we don't have mm-hmm. uh you know like the dark ages are called the dark ages for a reason right. where it's like don't teach the poor to write <laughs> we do not need to hear their side of things yeah. and it's like yeah but it's wild, like how much Roman uh, history there is because of, uh, like, their literacy and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's why I always thought in- history was really interesting. Um, not that I ever thought that that was a viable career path, but right. that's just like I spent a lot of time in college taking history cl- uh, courses, and my advisor, like, as I was graduating, was like, "Yeah, you have a history minor if you want it." I don't think you did. You try to do that? I'm like, no. He's like, "Cool, you have that. That's a so yeah, you'll graduate with a minor in history." I'm like, "Cool, sweet." That, that that's basically what happened to me with political science. Is I was just taking more and more, and Same. then yeah, I had a I had a professor that was just like, "Are you trying to get a degree?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm just fascinated with how broken our system is and want to know yeah. why." Yes, exa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love to know why we're in free fall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun. And I'm sure you probably experienced this when you were in New York, but mm. I love just free walking. Yes. Yeah, the free fall. But w- as far as the history, just walking down, especially like Dude. lower Manhattan. Yeah. It's wild. I, I loved it. I, where, uh, where Battery Park's at and Castle Clinton is there. Yes. For the longest time, I thought, oh, that's just where the tourists go to buy their to buy their boat pass to go around the I Statue mean, of Liberty. Also true. Yeah, also true. But- just one day when I was there with a buddy, like, I was just oh like, I just God. wanted to see what this is. And then I started reading the history of it. And I was like, this is where it this is, was New York. Yeah, this is kind of amazing. And like realizing that even part of that was built. It wasn't actually part of the land. And I was like, this has been here since like the late 1600s. And nobody yeah. even talks about this. Since the New Amsterdam days. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was so crazy that I, and I had ignored it a million times. And I just knew yeah. oh, the Men in Black building's right there. And the Men in Black. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You got 24 hours. Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. worth it. 
Yeah, that yeah, you replay that scene over and over as you stand right there and ignore the amazing history behind you. If you're strong <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember the exact quote. <laughs> it's worth it. If you're strong enough. <laughs> Thanks, so, Kay. <laughs> so as as you got uh, as you got through college and that and you moved to Chicago, mm. how did like the whole SNL path come up? Cuz I know I know it's kind of a I, I, you always hear the stories of people in Chicago and sure. Lauren or somebody from yeah. the show comes and they see somebody perform. Yes. What so was what was your kind of trajectory? That is a, certainly my trajectory as well. But in Chicago, the thing that makes it, in my opinion, such a great comedy community is that it is Chicago's a top tier city. It's got a shit ton to offer. It's awesome to live there. I really, other than the winners, there's really <laughs> not a lot. I'll I'll, I'll say against it. Um, but the thing I love about it is that it, it's almost impossible to be a working like uh, comedian that's mm-hmm. only in Chicago. Like being an improviser in Chicago, no one is making a full time job really doing improv. And if they are, they're teaching um, seven days a week. They're uh, doing corporate gigs. They're traveling. They're like you really. It's, it's hard to make a living doing improv, right? So weirdly. The, the community is very close and pretty warm and accepting because it's there's no money element to it. Whereas in New York and L.A., there's like a little bit of a, oh, my gosh, did you hear who's out there tonight? It's a producer <laughs> for True TV. It's oh, like, yeah. That's not a thing in Chicago. You're doing it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. But once a year, every year, not every year, but most years, um, Lauren and some of the writers will come out and uh, kind of unannounced – uh, to IO and to Second City uh, once a summer, basically, right? And people know this, and they're uh, working on showcases. That's like Sharna, who owns the IO in, mm-hmm. in Chicago. She will spend like three months letting people who are affiliated with the theater, people who are on house teams, people who are doing shows at IO, will get to basically audition in front of her and an audience uh, in, in, a, in the theater. Like every Monday night, they have like 20 people go up and do their five minutes of solo sketch and characters or a song or whatever, right? Whatever you want to do for five minutes. And then when SNL, if SNL does come knocking, she has about 15 to 20 people that she'll put on a list and send out an email and say, hey, they're, they're going to be here this Saturday. Respond right away to this email and we'll put you up. Um, and I was lucky enough to do that um, in 2016. And I went up and obviously like, it's just a wild opportunity to begin with. Right. And especially like at IO, they're coming and sitting in the front row of a packed house of, of Chicago friends and family. Oh, so, so they're not tucked in the back or anything. They're no, right up front. They're right up front. You know where they are. Yeah. Uh, but at Second City, they're just coming and seeing the Second City show. Mm-hmm. So like IO, you kind of get to control your destiny that much more of like, hey, you have their attention for five minutes. Here you go. Right. And so I had to open the show in 2016, which is kind of had to be the sacrificial lamb. You know, that it always sucks mm-hmm. to be the first one. Out, right. right. But first one out, did what I wanted to do, did a very typical SNL uh, audition of try to jam as many characters as I could in there and show some range. I ended up because uh, I'm a guitar comic. I did a little song to end. Um, felt felt great about it. But I knew I was like, you know what? It's just crazy to even get this right. far. To get this opportunity is already like the dream, right? And then that year, uh, Alex Moffat 
who was in my audition group uh, in, in mm-hmm. Chicago at IO got the show and I didn't really know him and I was like oh my gosh it's possible like yeah. I like Alex got the show and I remember the next year they flew out and they called and she put me up and let me do it again but this time I was like they just hired Mikey Day and Alex Moffat, so two white guys. Yeah, they're not hiring another white guy this year. They're just not. And so I was like, I'm gonna do, like, uh, you know, s- structure of an SNL type five. Be damned. I'm gonna do one five minute long like crowd interaction bit where I come out as Christian God, and I'm like, kind of like this kind of like trucker dude is just like. Anybody, if anybody has any questions or anything that y'all want me to like straighten out and just give you the God's honest truth on whatever it is, I'm going to set some some shit straight for y'all. So like, and it was just me like riffing out this character and definitely was a Hail Mary, but they ended up flying me out. Um, and they flew, I think 11 of us out from Chicago, six from my own, five from second city which is really awesome. We were all really excited. I mean, the next night I went and had to meet Lauren and, uh, you know, Steve Higgins and the producers and things, uh, for drinks. And that's always very scary. Every step along the way. And I mean, every single rung on the ladder. And there are a lot of rungs on the ladder to be cast on that show. You have to jump through a lot of hoops and do a lot and check a lot of boxes for them. Every rung of the ladder. I thought to myself, this is crazy that I made it this far. Mm -hmm. Like, and every time, like, they flew me out, and they told me to write a new five minutes, and that I couldn't do what I, that thing that they saw me do in Chicago. Like, we'd love to see an actual five minutes from you. So, I, you know, you do that audition and on that stage, the famously ice-cold one with them right. in the back of the theater. Where they don't laugh or anything. They go out of their way to not give you anything, right? It's, uh, it's wild. I mean, it's a wild experience. So I remember just thinking, okay, this is, again insane that i made it mm-hmm. this far they paid i'd never been to new york uh they paid me to come out to new york i was like uh, my plane almost uh got yeah my flight almost got canceled i almost oh, didn't no. make it and so instead of flying in the night before and having a little time to like go over my shit i arrived at i think 2 30 or 3 p.m in, at LaGuardia, and i was in a, a cab for my 4 p.m. audition or 5 p.m. audition. Like, it was like, I did not have long. I had to go from a taxi straight to 30 oh. Rock to audition. And I remember just being so fucking scared and like, oh my God, this is New York. I'm going across the Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm like, this is such a romantic, <laughs> like, moment in my life. And I, everything was just like, it's so cool that I got this far, you know? Yeah. And then I go back home. A couple weeks go by. Again, I assume that's all. I've, yeah. They fly me back out again, me and two other guys from Chicago who I love and respect and think are some of the funniest guys in Chicago. Um, They sent out another thing like, hey, we want you to write an all-new five minutes. And I had just done that the, you know, the weeks before. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I did it last time. I'll do it again. Yeah. So I did it again. Um, And... It, you know, I did I did pretty well. I, I definitely was more confident and did some more impressions and things, which uh, that's not my thing. Um, it's, there's a reason uh, that I'm not <laughs> still there. But, yeah, impressions are not my thing. Um was more of a character guy. And character, and other than, like, Weekend Update, there's not a lot of character sketches. Right. Especially for, for new people. It's, or at least it's hard. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I went out again and auditioned again and, I thought to myself, again, crazy. 
then that night they give me a call and I'm like freaking out. I think I, you know, they want me to come in the following day, and I think I got it. And you go in, and everyone who was there the day before is in there. You're like, oh my god! So it's just like, and then you're meeting all the writers and Colin, and you're meeting all these people, and you're jumping through every fucking hoop, and you know. So all of them are making sure that you check yes. their boxes yep. as well. Uh huh. And then I went back to Chicago, back to my tech startup job, and was working for another week. And then I got the call in like 4:30 on a Friday afternoon at my desk at. At my job, and I just stood up and <clears throat> took the call, went into the conference room, was jumping around. I mean, that call is like, that's the... Who, who was it that made the call? I mean, it's... When you answer the call, it's a, it's an assistant that's like, yeah, hey, and you're on with Lauren Michaels, you know? And it's Lauren. You know, talk with Lauren on the phone for a minute. Um, and it's great. I mean, that's like literally the high watermark of the entire right. experience is like, you get it. You got it. You, did, you got the thing you wanted to get. And then you... Um, what, what, how, how did, how did quit my how job, did Lauren, put in my uh, half-hour notice, and <laughs> was living in New York on Monday. How did, how did Lauren give you the... I've heard so many stories about how people get told they've made it. Yeah. Where we're just like, yeah, you're, you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does. He didn't do it as cryptically with me as he's done with other people, but he was just like, I think you're just. I think you're going to be a great addition to the cast. Don't try to hit any home runs early. Um, goes without saying, don't tell anyone you got it. We want to control how that comes out. Uh, but yeah, we think you're going to be a really great addition. It's just like he's being nice and yeah. uh, he's telling you that you know. Um, it's great. It's like it's literally one of the best moments, if not the best moment of my life thus far. Like is getting that and realizing, oh my god! Like all of my auditions, like the, they didn't feel like the winning audition. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I certainly was. I got them to crack up a couple times here and there, and, and I always I was very proud that I got anything yeah. out of them. But I was like, wow. Looking back, I'm like, that was a winning audition. That was like that was one where they're like, yeah, this guy's in. That's it's so wild just to look at like I wish I had my audition tape yeah uh, again just to show people like yeah this was what I did when they were like yeah we'll, we'll take this guy <laughs> so when when you're going through that process whose you know videos or anything were you watching or were you watching any of like what what did what did Will Ferrell do or what did Sandler do or anybody sure I definitely I feel like we've all seen that him on the as a cat yeah the cat the cat one was priceless and he did like Harry Carey and you know but I. You know, it's especially the first time I went in, I didn't do anything political. I didn't do any care, any um, impressions. Yeah. It wasn't until they flew me out for a second time that they went out of their way to be like, Luke, any impressions, any political stuff. <laughs> any, you know, and I was like, okay, uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I ended up doing a more like. I don't know, by the book SNL audition where I did a couple right. of uh, impressions. I did Chris Hayes from MSNBC. I did uh, uh, Jay Cutler was my impression. <laughs> I did Jay. And it's like no one knows or cares who that is. But yeah. they, they, I mean, I don't even think they knew who it was, but they just liked my impression of it. They just liked my bit, you know? <laughs> They're just like, we think he's a footballer. Um... Yeah. They, they got it from context clues. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But the whole bit is that he just doesn't give a fuck. And right. they loved that I didn't give like that my portrayal of him was that i didn't give a fuck that's the thing they laughed the hardest at was me like really sweating them out and making them feel uncomfortable <laughs> it was such a fun i'm glad i'm in the moment i didn't realize how much of a hail mary choice that was yeah of like you know what i'm just gonna wait to start and be on my phone like i was like on that stage just like on my phone 
with a cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> and I look up and like notice I'm like, oh shit. Um, sorry, I was playing a game on my phone. Uh, I was do this press conference. You know, I was like the press conference bit, but I was like, yeah. I sat there for a minute. You know, it's yeah. That, that, I'm, I'm proud that, of that. that. That's <laughs> a cool way to bring the ball into your own court when yeah, when you've got these guys that are just giving you that stone cold stare and the try to make us chuckle type of like that that was that's kind well, of a they, baller move to make <laughs> uh it, it's funny because you don't really get any feedback of like the things they liked or didn't yeah. right they just you just like oh you're in cool and so it's it was always weird to me like i didn't hear that they liked that about me until like honestly it was uh, too late you know yeah. i was like oh okay because i was just <laughs> sorry i was just being my myself when i got there which is Polite Midwestern young <laughs> right. young dude, and they that was not what they wanted. <laughs> they wanted Jay Cut me, my asshole Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy too to see how how you know forty three forty. What are we on season forty five this coming year? I think forty five is coming up. Yeah. I mean, that many years later that they still have a very succinct like this is the way that we want it to be done. Like I was going, I actually almost submitted this year writing wise. And felt that my packet was too forced. I hate it. Like when I you read know. through it, I was like, I'm not like if I was in their position, I wouldn't hire me. And I was like, I can't I can't submit something that I feel is forced I because it was so cookie cutter to me. Yeah. That's yeah, I feel that, but it's definitely a good exercise in just like putting together a packet. Yeah. I was like, next year I'll 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 send it through when I'm happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a God, it's a daunting task. Yeah. What's, what's funny is it was the political sketches that I wasn't happy with. Mm. And I've spent three, four years writing political satire. Right. And then when it came Trump down to writing team. the sketches, it was just like, I don't like these. Like they, It was it was my just beyond ridiculous ones that I was like, nah, this is the one I like that's just so stupid. That. Yes. <laughs> I like that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. 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 I, I hope uh, someday to be able to have something to that I'll actually be able to showcase my ability on it. Because when I was on there, I didn't really get to do anything, but uh, at least not much. What but, you did get to do, though, is very, very memorable. Oh, well, thank you for saying so. The, it's, yeah, I got in there a little bit. But yeah, yeah I, I hope someday to, that I can do something anywhere close to a... A Tim Robinson type, uh, I think you should leave yeah. situation. I mean, I just love him so much. He was like the man in Chicago when I was a youngster who first moved there. He was like the North Star, right? That you, everyone was trying to. It's to it's, be that it's guy. funny because people, and I mean, you, you can tell me kind of what your experience was. As you know, you found out that you were only going to be on for the season, mm -hmm. but oh, you know, there's the whole one and done crowd with sure. SNL. That oh yeah. I think is just as prestigious to be in as, you know, somebody who's been on for, you know, five, six, seven years. When you look at the people that only were on for a season, it's like, holy shit. Like, I, I can't, was Michael Bryan on for one or two? One. He wrote yeah. there for years. Okay. Same with Tim. Yeah. But, he was and, only on the cast for a year, which is wild. Yeah. It's wild. But, yeah. And then they turn out these just, am I mean, AP Bio is one of, the, I think, the funniest, right. smartest shows on Oh, man, yeah. Mike TV. is so fucking funny. He's the funniest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It's I mean, I, it's a, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that uh, group of folks, too. And, and it is uh, cool to see who kind of comes out of the woodwork and, like, reaches out to you. Because it's a, it sucks when you get fired from that show. It's always, like, public. And right. Twitter's really cool about it. And uh, uh, But 
yeah, I mean, it's been long enough now that I'm just like, yeah, it's a it's a battle scar. Um, but yeah, it's like the first six months after you get fired just fucking sucks. It's just like, ugh, what am I gonna do? And, like, and yeah. everybody that encounters just kind of like, so uh, I saw deadline. Um. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, it feels a little bit like at the end of the Princess Bride when Inigo Montoya has killed the six fingered man, and they're like, "What are you gonna do now?" And he's like, "Well, you know." <laughs> yeah, he, 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 his whole life he's been living for revenge to kill yeah. and uh, yeah SNL was my six fingered man and I got fucking killed by it like uh, <laughs> day one yeah so I was like eh, gotta move on move on with my fucking life and do my own thing but yeah. thankful for the time uh, absolutely wild experience got to meet so many cool people and for, for the season cool you were on you had a hell of a lineup to be a part of like if, if I oh, had to yeah. pick one season of the recent seasons to be a part of your seasons, the season I would have been like, that's the one I want to be. A, I want really? to be able to work because I mean, you had Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Camilla right. Johnny, John Mulaney. Like, yep, that's I true. Mean, had you some had absolute such an idols of mine were, were there. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have been able to handle <laughs> just watching idol after idol after. And I mean, I say that having worked at Meltdown, where right. I would watch you know all of these guys even come through and just right. be like. Yeah, there's there's that person just hanging out with us at the snack bar, and <laughs> I'm telling you, it's funny. It like, cause I do think, you know, I'm just a, was a nine to five dude in Chicago, right. and then I'm like, a month later, I'm like, Gal Gadot is in my office, and I'm t- pitching her a sketch. <laughs> it is it is weird, but it's funny how fast it like it fades a little bit. Like, yeah. Like you're definitely starstruck, and you have to pinch yourself. Like, where am I? What is this? This is insane. Like after the first maybe two weeks, it's just like okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Most people yeah. are pretty friendly and are pretty normal. Most people are very normal, right you now. Most people are like, no, they're just scared because they are they're not a comedian and they're doing this show. <laughs> you know, yeah, they have to come up with a monologue. Yes, that they don't usually deliver. Yes, yeah, it's I can imagine it being just as daunting for them as it is for you guys to come up with a pitch to that they're hopefully going to be comfortable with. And- yes, the pitching, I. If there's anything that like sticks out, like I can remember every one of my pitches to every one of the hosts, and like if it was met with any enthusiasm <laughs> at all, or if they were just being nice, or if they were just like, hmm, maybe not, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, those are those are the things I probably should write down before I forget yeah. them because there's some definitely some funny. When, when I'd watch James Franco's documentary on it, yeah, I was watching it with my wife. And just seeing the way that like people would pitch, and you'd see the laughs, and I was like, I guarantee, if I was to pitch something, it would be a quiet room before somebody's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yep, <laughs> and that happens to everyone. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody, because like that pitch room on a Monday is just like throw out a joke. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just more like meet the host, make them feel comfortable. Like it's usually not a real pitch, pitch. Like it's yeah. not what you're gonna pl- you're actually gonna write. So once I've learned that, I was like, okay. Um, yeah. So just throw a joke out, you know, how, how much of your, of your music did you try to bring into, into the show? Yeah, boy. (laughs) Uh, I definitely tried a lot and it was, if there's anything that they made very clear, (laughs) it's that they had no intention of ever letting me uh, try any of my stuff. Yeah. Oh, see, that's a bummer to me because your stuff is, I mean, it's different than what you know Fallon or any of them ever did, right. but 
it's so goddamn funny. That Thank you, man. I w- like there's some of those as I've, I've listened to your album a few times through. And I Seriously, laugh thank you for doing that. Just really as hard it. every time. Banging since the day I was born. From the first two lines, I laugh out loud every time. And That's I good. can honestly, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I can honestly say that about very few comedy albums. Seriously, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that you listened to that. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, I, when I was there. The only because again you have no feedback loop. There's no one right. telling you, oh, you're close, no cigar. Like this is not our vibe. You know, there's not a feedback system. So you're just like throwing stuff into the abyss and maybe, you know, seeing seeing if anything it, it, it takes. But what's weird is like they hired me, and every time I they saw me, I pitched. I did some little music s- segment, right? I did some little song at the end of every audition for them that I did, right? Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I was like, oh well. This is definitely why they're bringing me in. There's no one that does this, and this is can be my little, my little niche. And yeah. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that is not what they brought me there for. Yeah. So I mean, you do get to sing on one sketch I can think of that was a cut for time sketch. Yes. That it so I, so often I'll watch the cut for time sketches. It was like I can think of like five other sketches that were in that episode that should have been cut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had another sketch in that episode that I was like. I mean, I loved that. I would, like it was a, a rare week where I had yeah. two that I had written on and gotten into the show. But I was like, I'd much rather have done that one yeah. than the, us as uh, crazy horn guy. Yeah, know? and the wedding toast one's the one, that, the one that we're talking about with John yeah, Mulaney yeah. and and Jack White. Jack White. And, oh my God, that was Dude, so funny. He, I love Jack White, man. And, and he, I, I, he made me look so cool at the after party because <laughs> like my f- family was there that week yeah. and a bunch of my friends from Chicago were there. So we have a big table at the after party and. You know, it's it's not as like raucous as you'd think. It's more of like a dinner party mm. than a you know, everyone getting wasted. Right. You know. But it's like you're having drinks with your guests and Jack White came over to the table and I hadn't seen him since the sh- the sketch got cut for time. And I saw him and all my fr- like the whole table had quieted down and I like he gave me like a big bear hug and I, and I was like, "Dude, you're the reason they they cut the sketch, Jack. They just said you weren't funny enough. Dude. <laughs> like, I just like put it all on him, and he but he was the he was the coolest. And then he he just made me look like I was you know he made me feel like I was yeah a, a person, yeah. which by that point in the year I was pretty low, and I was <laughs> really just a turd circling the drain at that point. So like him making me feel like I was worth something at in that moment, man. I love that guy for, yeah. for doing that. And then every, my friends and family are like, is this what it's like every week? I'm like, I assure you, this is not what it's like every week. Yeah. You don't get approached by Jack White. And, right. Yeah. I, I love, too, in that sketch that John Mulaney has the line that uh, that he compliments your singing. Yeah, right. So, and I, was, I was just like, it's not even a joke. Like, you've got a genuinely great voice. And I love that John Mulaney, because John Mulaney is so funny in that sketch. Yeah. And it's such a good, like... Mulaney sketch you know what I mean yeah. like it's such like just a, he's a cuck you know like <laughs> let's have him just be a little yeah 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 I've, I've only he's I've so only funny. had the chance to pass him a few times and the the very first time was really before he kind of blew up it was kind right. of as people were catching we're, on we're to jumping him. on the John train and I I went to a stand-up show he did in Salt Lake and cool. I was wearing a Stefan shirt and nobody there knew why I was wearing a Stefan shirt Right, he but as it. he as he came off stage, he looked at him. She's like, 
funny. <laughs> I'm just going to get going. And I was just like, all right, he, he at least acknowledged give, it. Give me the nod. Yeah, that, that, that was all I needed. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a, uh, he's great. I think he's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so smart. Especially like just being in sketches with him that oh, week. Oh, I can just, imagine. Like, Cause his brain, he'd written on the show. He knows exactly how the show works. And yeah. like, and he's like, he like was having trouble separating his brain from being a writer and like what a writer needs. He's like, do you want me to go tell the cue card guys we're going to change that line? I'm like, dude, you're the host of the show. Like you, we'll take care of that. Like I'll go tell the cue card people to change that line. Yeah. It's so wild. It's a, uh, he was great though. What, one thing I've always been curious about is how much of it, cause I, I get this as a writer mm. where I'll write something with people. We'll even film it to put it up and, when we watch it back and it's edited, it's just not as funny. Right. And you know, when I, when I'll see a sketch or something on SNL that just doesn't play out. Yeah. I'm always just like, is it, is it something that you feel in the writer's room? It's a sketch. that's kind of for the writers. And then then when it plays out, it's just not, the audience isn't grabbing it, even though it's a genuinely funny idea and funny premise. It just doesn't translate to, on stage it's such uh i mean i could go on for a long time about that but (laughs) it's such a weird needle that you have to thread for a sketch to get on that show oh yeah you have to impress a room a packed room filled with arms crossed comedy (laughs) dorks who are Skipping ahead of page and looking at what the front and like they're just looking at your structure and you're like you know they're withholding their laugh because their sketch is next and they want right. to make sure that they laugh they use their you know that the they're not laughing at your thing because then it'll have a better chance of getting in the show it's like it's a political kind of situation like that so not only do you have to have it do really well in that room then it gets picked to be in the dress rehearsal. Uh, before it even hits the dress rehearsal, it gets rewritten. So now it needs to be kind of trimmed down and cut and rewritten so that it's a more palatable for a studio or network audience, you know? So your sketch in a rewrite is probably going to change pretty substantially, yeah. whether or not there's tech uh, problems or just logistical things. Like, we can't do this. Like, we can't have a <laughs> flamethrower. And it's like, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. And then once it gets to the dress rehearsal, the people that are in the dress rehearsal are people that have waited in line, have camped out since Thursday night. They've been a lot of times it has to do with who the um, host or who the musical guest is. Mm -hmm. So like if Taylor Swift is the guest that week, that dress rehearsal is going to be jammed with only 14 year old girls who (laughs) love Taylor Swift. Right. And they don't realize how much power that they have that Lauren and the producers really make decisions of what's going to be cut and what's not based off of that dress rehearsal reaction, right? So these 200 some 300 people in this room are going to decide what get the, what America gets to see. And so for that too, you yeah, know, that... things can get far away and then that doesn't play and then your sketch gets in the show and then uh things uh, start running running long and your <laughs> sketch is cut for time at the end of the episode. It's like it's wild to even to get a sketch on is a achievement in and of itself there. It's hard. Do, do you remember the first one that you got on? Yes. The first one that I wrote that I got on the show was Floribama Shore, which is, <laughs> which is a great, it's a good I one. was very proud of that. I stand by that one to this day. It's still <laughs> one of, probably the favorite thing I ever wrote while I was there. Um, 
I remember having to tell my wife too that it was a parody of something that was real because she was not right. she was not was familiar with the, with the show. Not not many people were, and I was just like, no, this is a real thing. MTV is putting out. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was very fun because it was a pre-tape sketch too. Yeah. So, like, even more uh, production dollars go into it, and mm-hmm. it's like even more of a of a to do. Uh, and we went all out. Me and my friend um, Andrew Dismukes, who wrote that, who's still a writer on the show. Uh, we shared an office. We wrote a lot of sketches together that uh, some got closer than others, but that was one of ours that actually got in, and I'm so thankful that one did. Had a few weekend updates that got cut at dress rehearsal. Uh. Had a few sketches that got cut at dress rehearsal. Um, one cut for time. Um, a couple sketches that I didn't, I wasn't the writer on, but maybe my name was on it, just because mm-hmm. like like that school bully one is like that was written by Mikey Day and and Streeter Seidel, and they just kind of were like, hey, let's throw Luke in there, you know. Um, but yeah, it's 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 wild. Even the things that I got thrown into, uh, some of those things weren't really my things, right? So yeah. that bully sketch wasn't a sketch I wrote, but I'm like gonna do my best, even though it's like me eating shit for yeah. three minutes before a single joke has been made. Yeah. The, the nice, the nice thing with that, cause I, I, I had actually just rewatched that one because mm. I was, I was like, what are, what are some of my favorites that he's done? And the one thing with that, that kind of blows my mind is so rarely do you see a cast member that has that much dialogue at the top of a sketch. So much. Have it memorized. You have to, because you are bouncing around that whole room. Yep. And there's one of the current, cast members who i won't name that he looks to you to say something and not like you're not even in his eye line and i was just like luke just did this like three minutes of yep. purely memorized and this person had three lines and is looking like behind your head and i was like i don't know if that was just weird stage setup no that's what? how they do it yeah and i was just like but yeah, like you just you crush it with you having to memorize the whole thing. Thank you. And then somebody has three lines and doesn't even. I was just like, I know they have a lot going on, but I definitely I like, tried wow. <laughs> my darndest to commit to a bit. That yeah. uh, that's one too. That in the in the table read in that writers room, it w- definitely was very different. Yeah. But it like it demolished in there because it's it's really a time bomb of a sketch mm-hmm. of just me. I am not the joke, right? Yeah. I am not the funny one of the sketch. Keenan is the, the funny, funny one, right? <laughs> and it's like that the first joke doesn't come until like two and a half minutes right. in. And so it's it's wild, man. That week, I, Flora Bama was in it. Uh, I That week, I also, um, at the dress rehearsal, was uh, in Weekend Update. So I had a Weekend Update as myself. Um, and the Weekend Update was, I understood why it was cut. It didn't quite hit as well as I thought it was or thought it would, but the dress rehearsal crowd got to see me at Weekend Update, right? That's mm-hmm. the first time I've really ever really been in anything yeah. on the show. So they saw me, and then the next sketch was that Late for Class sketch. And so they the dress rehearsal crowd was much more receptive to the joke and to, to me because they had just seen me. They're like, oh, this is the guy we just do saw up for one yourself. second. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but then by the time the show rolls around, I'm coming in cold. People don't know who oh, I am. This is the first yeah. time I've ever been on the show. And the first time I'm ever really on the show is me intentionally bombing. It was, <laughs> looking back on it, it 
like I still like the sketch. I still think it's a funny sketch, but it is not a good first sketch for a new person <laughs> to have because it it was really ne- I never recovered from that. It, it's, never it's a, it's a comedy that. nerd sketch. It's a it's, comedy nerd sketch, and man, oh man, was that like I think the night like that should have been the high point of my year because I had three or four sketches that had been picked to be in the show mm-hmm. and two ended up actually going to air. And the fact that that one went, oh my god, social media like eviscerated Ugh. me until like this is the worst, dude. Like it was like I learned really quick, like oh my god, I need to never go on Twitter again. <laughs> like, but it was also one thing that made me feel a little bit better. I was like, oh, they don't fucking get the sketch. Like, right? I'm so I'm supposed to be bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not the funny one, you guys. I'm supposed to be a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was at that time. Yeah. It was at that time too, though. <laughs> That I mean, you say you were like a turd circling the drain. Yeah. But it was at that time that both my wife and I started noticing you pop up more because when we saw you early on yeah. in the season, little, like little when parts. you would when you would pop up in small little roles, mm-hmm. we were like, all right, he's getting some reps because as big of SNL dorks as we are, it's like we keep track of kind of where everyone's going. And we started seeing you come around. We were like, all right, like they're he's he's getting his legs. And yep. it was one of those where with them when we saw the news, I was like. Yeah, yeah, he, makes didn't, sense. he didn't get his fair shake. <laughs> it, I didn't get much of an at-bat. I won't bitch too much because, I, again, I'm so thankful that I was there. Yeah. But I definitely don't know if there's anyone who's ever been there and done less. <laughs> I really don't. I was like, I ah, really, yeah. Say la vie. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it it kind of it's one of those where you just have to really say yeah it it, it is what it is but exactly. you got the experience and exactly yeah and I'm yeah got my pictures on the wall they can yeah they can take it down but I don't think they will <laughs> they can leave it up I left on great terms I yeah. you know I yeah I wasn't an asshole about it I wasn't getting wasted all the time and because uh, that a lot of people that's how they deal with it oh yeah uh, it but it sucks to yeah. It sucks to for it not to go well when you're there, and it especially for it not to go well with how much work you put in during the week and what people don't get to see all right. the, the things that didn't get to into the show. It's like, man, if they let me do this or this, maybe the people would have been like, oh, he's good and deserves to be there. Yeah. But then of course, any any time I talk about it, and I was like, yeah, it's hard. And, you know, people are like, well, yeah, it's hard if you fucking suck, dude. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes, I suck. All right. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's just as hard even for those that are like the top of the call sheet. I mean, yep. Kate yep. McKinnon may have been on for what does she like She's season nine now She's or so something good. like that. Yeah, it's it's stressful. And it doesn't ever get not yeah. stressful. There, there's until you no get way to Keenan level. Yeah, I would I would almost I mean you've been you've opened for Keenan, but yes. I, I would imagine even for him. I mean, fourteen seasons or so now, and more than that, sixteen, seventeen. Is it, is it that long? Yeah, Jesus. But still, I mean, he's in so many sketches. Right. I can't imagine the stress level that that has to be able to carry. Plus, he's writing during the week. Plus, like, right. I don't. I don't think the stress level is different. He, he doesn't really have to write anymore. Yeah. People will write for him. <laughs> People like me, you have to write in order to yeah. even get to in try there to at get all. something in at all. Yeah, he's he's taken care of. He's a, yeah. He 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 doesn't gotta. Not that he doesn't work hard and isn't. Yeah, his stress is just in a best. different spot. Yes, than exactly. It is. He's no, he's a killer. But yeah, you went when you get to a certain point, you don't have to worry about uh, writing yourself right. into the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, as as the the dominoes fall and you've kind of got to look at what's next. I mean, like I said, you opened for Keenan, right? A little, a lot I of stand up. What was the, what was the re- kind of the recouping process to be like? All right, well, I've got to keep moving forward. Well, man, it's still a work in progress for sure. It's not like I've landed on another TV show or anything. It's been <laughs> a, a year of a lot of controlling what I can control, and that is like my stand up and. Uh, Definitely been doing that a lot. Moved to L.A., so getting my feet wet out here and auditioning for lots of things. Um, but really just finding what I want to do next because I love stand-up and would be happy doing that. Um, it, 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 and that's what I've been doing and been spending my time and energy doing. But it's like I learned how to write when I was on that show. So I've Absolutely. been writing. I've been auditioning for a so much shit. Yeah, it's been it's been a good ride afterwards. Um, but still looking to really find the the path I want to put all my eggs in. Right now I'm just feeling like what it, yeah, what is next? Cuz I'm doing a little bit of everything and I don't know if that's what, how you can <laughs> how you do it. Yeah. There's no there's no set in stone way to do it. No, but. there there's definitely not. It is a lot of just kind of throwing darts at the wall to see to see what sticks yep and uh it's a numbers game too and it's a war of attrition and your boy ain't i'm down <laughs> but i'm not out yeah so as, as your album kind of came around so you, you just released guitar comic uh, at the beginning of the month is that I, right i think so or yeah, yeah, yeah. so how, how did that kind of come about like, like like i said earlier i mean the album is absolutely hilarious it is different Thank than you. anything i have listened to wow and it it's it, to me it's a game changer in the, the whole comedy music realm. Thank you for saying that. That's too fucking nice. But it's <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because it's like I had a lot of these songs, and on the album, it's like there's some songs on there like that are old as fuck. You know, like that uh, when I the story about me getting robbed at gunpoint on <laughs> yeah. the album. The song that I play in that is like I from when I got robbed, which is like 2012, <laughs> right? So it's like. It's old. There's some old stuff yeah. on there, but it's cool because like going through the process of really putting together a stand-up hour and touring that and working on chunks and seeing what works where and how the flow of it works and how to break up songs with stories because that's something that I do on the album and I like doing that. It gives you a little bit of a palate cleanser right. than just song, 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 right? It made me very excited to... St- get another crack at it, mm-hmm. you know, to do another like series of stand up stuff. And I've been writing a lot more songs and my songs have gotten like, I would say on the album, my goal was write a catchy tune that happens to be funny. If there is three jokes in it and it's a good song, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple, like there's a couple songs in there. It's a long song for one. <laughs> it's a long walk for one joke. Turpentine, yeah. wine, and bleach. Turpentine, a- wine, and bleach, baby. <laughs> a whole lot of real estate for one fucking joke. Yeah. And it is. I I love at the end, towards the end, where you're just like, I can keep this going as long as I want, and I will. And yeah. It is so funny, just how yeah, it's such a simple joke, that yeah, it you you're able to just keep it going. Yep. And not hiding any of it. The you fact guys that you know get the what's audience coming. to sing along with you. I was just and then like... betray them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's one of my favorite ones. To, that during my time in Chicago, that was definitely the, the one that people that got to know me in Chicago would have would request that yeah. I play. Uh, I also would stand by that. That's just a catchy little earworm of a of a yeah. jingle, you know. So it's a catchy little tune that you can. 
I, that's more my style is I want it to be a good song rather than just how many words can I jam inside of a song of a, of a three chord song, right? Because mm-hmm. that tends to be a lot of music comedy and not that there's anything wrong with that and I love a lot of comedians that yeah. do exactly that. It's just something I've never been really capable of doing. But now that I've been writing more stuff, it has been closer to that where it's more more joke per minute than uh, self-indulgent uh, choruses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what were audiences' reactions is they were kind of coming to see you post-SNL mm. and you come on stage with the guitar. Were they... Did they have any knowledge that you were, you know, a musician, comedian? Most people don't know I was on SNL. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the average person has no idea who the fuck I am. Yeah. It's, um, so uh, they don't. I feel like maybe maybe some diehard SNL fans would know that that was my background and that was something that I did. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, most people are receptive to it, and I'd like to bet on myself and be like, if you give me to the end of the first song, I will be self-aware and self-deprecating enough that I'm like, I'll call it out. Like, yeah, guitar guitar comedy is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So let's, uh, are you along for the ride or not? So, yeah, and most of the time, it's, people are very receptive to it. It's, yeah. It depends on the room, sure. Um, but, yeah, it's been great. It's been very fun getting to know where I do well and where I mm-hmm. don't. Uh, and LA's uh, been more hospitable uh, than I thought. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think there, there's been some very successful ones out here over the years that have been sure. able to, I think, kind of mold the audiences to expect it more. I mean, Mike Furman, of course, yep. and when he and Chris Hardwick did Hard and Firm, mm-hmm. and then Furman kept going on kind of doing his own thing and i know hardwick's kind of back with the guitar on some of his stand-up but what's refreshing too with yours and again i'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass as i say this but so often you see comics that go up to do something musical and they're doing a funny voice or something with it and it's more campy than it is actual like a talented musician you're really fucking good. Thank like, you. Like that's too nice. That's when, when I started, you've now gotten in the realm of it. okay, you're, you're being that's too nice to take. I'm but, an idiot. When I, when I started listening to it, though, I was like, oh, he can really play and really sing. Uh, again, too too nice. I'm a dumbass. I'm playing chords and uh, with hammer ons. But but I that is what I'm going for though. Yeah. So it, I'm glad that it at least it was like, I want it to be, if you didn't speak English and you didn't know it was a comedy song, I'd want you to be like, Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> and this, this is pleasant. And I, I would like to think that there's somebody out there that doesn't realize it's a comedy song. Like, Why is everyone about cracking a... up on this recording? Yeah. <laughs> or or just so singing about that they've been banging since the day they were born. I, I would love to think there's some kid in Korea or something. Hey. That's just singing along and has no idea what you're. <laughs> it's on the internet. You never know. Uh, yeah, but it's it's definitely a goal of mine to just have it be a good song. Yeah. Yeah. No, mission accomplished. Hey, so it, it seriously, it seriously is great. And uh, you know, now, now that I've mentioned it a million times, people can find it, of course, on Spotify, iTunes, basically anywhere you can get an album. So anywhere streaming is uh, is allowed. Yeah, legally or illegally, Rip, <laughs> steal it. I don't give a fuck. But I will be touring soon. I w- I'm going to be hitting the East Coast in um, October. It's looking like. Uh, doing some of the dates down the East Coast. I'll probably be doing a little Midwest, too, but it'll be fun uh, to get out there, and I'll probably do a nice blend of a couple of the... play a couple of the hits <laughs> from the from the album, and then a lot of 
lot of hot off the presses new stuff. Yeah. So that's that's excellent. Are you are you going to be performing anywhere? I know you did the the show at uh, UCB Franklin when mm, you released that it. That was a release show, yeah. Are, are you doing any more kind of around here at all? I'm around here all the time. I'm doing shit uh around I I've do the clubs a little bit, but I've realized that it's not I don't know if it's necessarily the best place for me. The place that I've re- the places I've had the most fun performing in LA have been the alt scene. Oh, absolutely. Not off the beaten path. That's uh Give me the young folks, because that's really what the mm-hmm. alt scene is. Is you can we can stop saying alt scene and just say I younger audiences. <laughs> I I want to perform for uh, younger folks rather than the fifty five year olds dinner dates at yeah. the at the yeah. Impressive. I I think it's the people. The best thing with the alt scene is it's it's people that want to come and see comedy. Yes, exactly. Op- opposed from the tourists, tourists strolling in yeah. that. You know they they got a you know a flyer or something. Or... And again, I'll do anything. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'll <laughs> happily do anything. But the things that I've been having more fun at have been the alt scene. Yeah, yeah. So look, I'm I'm glad that you did not delete your Twitter because that was that was how I connected with you. So that is it was, true. I think I think you're honestly one of the first people that I had never met before going into this that a publicist did not reach out to me to be yeah, like, hey, right. do you want to have this person? So I, I was just like, I, I saw your, your album was coming out, and I was like, I loved him on SNL. And I yeah. knew that you were out here now, and so I was just like, I'm just going to reach out. We'll see. Nobody, half the people don't respond on Twitter, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> I ain't famous. So uh, I was like, yeah, you're, we're neighbors. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that we were able to uh, to get it down, and I look man. forward to seeing to seeing what you do next. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. I've drank two whole Fiji <laughs> water bottles during this. Two whole Fijis, baby. Uh, I, think, I think that's a record too. Is a record? I'm gonna finish yeah. the last one off. Uh, but seriously, thank you for having me. It's been fun. No problem. And where where can people uh, find you on social media mm. to uh, to keep to keep keep up with what uh, what you've got going on i mean i feel like if you search luke Knoll, just n-u-l-l it'll probably be on there but in general just don't follow me <laughs> you're not gonna like my content it's, you're not gonna appreciate my stuff no uh i don't know i'm on instagram and twitter and just doing dumb shit luke Knoll might have an underscore in there i i don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll have all the links on the website so there you, there you people go. can go to the on the mic website and they'll, yeah. they'll find it all there yeah yeah, but don't follow me. Just re- <laughs> just just a uh, lurk. Yeah. Yeah, just subtweet. Just, yeah, exactly. This dude sucks. Follow, follow the hashtag. Fuck this guy. Yeah. The, the guitar again, really? More guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of it too. No, I'm kidding. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luke. Dude, thanks for having me.